Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Live podcast on another beautiful Friday afternoon. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And back with me, sporting some glasses. Do you normally wear glasses? Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) My attention to detail (laughs) is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing too much. Uh, it is actually a beautiful day here as well. So I, uh, in lieu of sleeping after work today, mowed the yard. So if I doze off, it's my wife's fault because she made me mow. <laughs> and you got the mower fixed, I take it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. What, what else is going on over in Hillbilly land? You haven't given us an update on the goat or any, anything else going on? kind of weird animals you got running around there now nothing new that uh if anybody would like a female nigerian dwarf goat we need to get rid of her she's getting close to being old enough that uh the male is going to start trying to fuck her anytime now so so she needs to go right. so if anybody yeah, so wants a goat uh please take this little bitch off our hands uh chickens why are- why is that a problem if the if they want to start banging well, it's it's the uh, it's his daughter basically. There's, oh, okay. Yeah, in inbreeding, uh, inbreeding doesn't work well in goats any more so than it does humans. So, okay. Uh, of course, that hasn't stopped the royal family, but you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah, the more you know. We need that little jingle on hand. <laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> I'll oh, cue that up for the uh, I'll cue that up for the next episode. <laughs> All right. Well, we generally like to keep things a little lighter on these Friday episodes. Come up with some topics that we can poke fun at, but also deliver some some news and entertainment. We teased some of it, I think, on the show on Tuesday. What do we got in the stack for today? Which one you want to start with? I guess we could start with. Uh... BuzzFeed and then moved to Vice since that was the order in which they failed. Uh, but that has been pretty. Some of these more woke media outlets have uh, started to flounder and fall apart, which is, I think it's really funny because whenever Biden got elected, I was saying like it's only a matter of time before all of these incredibly like leftist, progressive media outlets start to fall apart because the only thing keeping them afloat was was donald trump like they were all failing for eight years of obama and then trump like 
gave them a resurgence of popularity because they had the you know they had the orange boogeyman to to go after all day every day but eventually with him not being in office people are going to get tired of that like you've got your extreme like tds um that'll never get over it but that's i mean that's a very small percentage and that's not that's not going to keep these these big media companies afloat yeah yeah and not only is he not in office anymore but he's not even like he's not out there he's not really doing anything he's off of twitter nobody really uses truth social so he's not giving them a lot of material to to roll with and yeah buzzfeed was one of these things where i, I don't understand how they ever really made any money they they I think of BuzzFeed. I know they broke that story where they had the <laughs> they had um, like some intel from the CIA that proved something. <laughs> Donald Trump was a fucking Russian asset or something, and they claimed to have the fucking evidence, but they never actually produced it. Um, but other than that, it just seemed like this site where it's just they do these videos where it's like ten, you know. 10 like super gay things to do when you're on uh, vacation in this place or fit the top 15 of this, the top 15 of that. And uh, I, I just feel like that was really dated 10, 15 years ago. Okay. You could watch one of those videos, but now isn't everybody just on like Instagram and TikTok? It's basically the same thing. Yeah, like BuzzFeed has a bunch of. I know my uh, my daughters, twelve and thirteen, used BuzzFeed because they do like the dumb quizzes and stuff like that. But they have those same quizzes on every other social media. Oh yeah, quizzes. Yeah, relationship quizzes. And yeah. Are you how gay are you? Kind of yeah. <laughs> like, I can answer that question. If you're taking this quiz, you're incredibly gay. Yeah. So. When did they, I mean, I, I forget when they, they went public, right? BuzzFeed? Yeah. And they had just a ridiculous valuation, which is they've done an unbelievable job of just screwing up the IPO market. And this is what, one of the consequences of the Federal Reserve zero uh, interest rate policy for so long was that people were just throwing money at these companies, companies that made no money, right? Now, no, historically, before you know the Fed fucked up everything, you had a company, let's say like a restaurant or something, right? And it was profitable. You had maybe one or two loca local locations. Maybe it was a pizza place and you're, you're making decent money and you want to expand. And so you go to, you know, you go public with the idea that, hey, I just need funding to expand. I have a, I'm profitable on a small scale. If I get a, a bunch of investors together, I can be profitable on a larger scale. We'll, we'll throw some gasoline on this fire and I'll take this small uh, local thing that's that's profitable and I'll expand it nationwide or worldwide or something like that. And we'll just be exponentially more profitable. And that's how people would um, recoup their investment from the profitability of the company. Now, the last 20 years or so after the dot com bubble, it seems like the way these IPOs work now is um, you just keep getting a bunch of VC money. You you um, it's all about acquiring customers 
and how many clicks you get or how many users you have for your whatever your thing is. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. And most of them don't make any money. Most of them lose money. They're burning through millions of dollars every quarter, hundreds of millions of dollars a quarter. Even, you know, like Uber and things like that were burning incredible amounts of cash uh, before they were actually able, were able to turn a profit. And the um, there's just no there's no logic behind going public after that. It's like we lose money on a small scale, but if we blow it up, we can lose money on a larger scale too. It's like no, that's not how it works. Like, what's the point of going public if you're not profitable now? Why would we make it even bigger and expand it more? If it, like if you can't make money on a small scale, how are you going to make money on a large scale? You know, like, there's that old joke, you know, we lose money with every uh, customer, but we make it up on volume or with every sale, but we make it up on volume or something like that. It's just so basically what happens now is these losing companies, they just have to hang along, um, hang around long enough to either gain enough market share from the people that have established themselves so that they get a buyout or they go public and with some crazy valuation that doesn't make any sense and that's when the vc guys recoup their money that's their big payday is when they go public they lose money for like three years and they go public they get their payday and then all of the uh the dumb money that came in to buy things like buzzfeed get left holding the bag as the stock just uh tanks within i don't know when they went public it, probably three or four years uh yeah i believe it was three yeah. And so, so I was looking at the some of the, um, like the stats and stuff on their decline, and the reason that uh, one of the big reasons that they're failing is, uh, like with everything else, um, news has kind of become a subscription model or a like free for all type of a thing, and so, so like you know like uh, Washington Post, New York Times, The Atlantic, a lot of these they have. They have their subscription-based models, and and they have ads, but generally speaking, they make two-thirds to three-quarters of their revenue off of their subscription model, whereas BuzzFeed was still very heavily invested in advertising because of, yeah. because of the kind of content that they produce. It's not stuff that people particularly give a shit to pay for. So, so that was a big reason why they're... Uh, they're failing is because and and they're like going into a kind of a, a, a tailspin in terms of their uh, monetary value is because they are so heavily advertisement driven and people just aren't people aren't clicking you're, you're not getting enough clicks to justify uh, the volume on that so so it's like they're just losing money hand over fist because they don't have they just don't have enough yeah. site traffic. They're not they're, produ they're, they're not yeah. producing anything that people want to pay pay to see. Right. And yeah, with with no lightning rod and Donald Trump, like what is BuzzFeed going to um, bait you into clicking on? <laughs> you know, there's like you said, there's only so many quizzes you can take and everything like that. It was it turns out it was December of 2021 was their IPO. Uh, so they didn't even make it two years. Yeah. And I think it dropped like almost 40 percent in the first week. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of bag holders getting lost, the, the retail traders. But and that's happened a lot. You know, all of these companies that 
uh, like Blue Apron was another one I remember it had a big IPO and I was just like, dude, this company is hemorrhaging money and there's just no way I used to use it because it was just so cheap. They'd be giving you like three free meals and you're eating, you know, a decent meal. Like even if you don't follow their recipe, you're still getting all the ingredients you need to cook something. You're making a meal for like five, six dollars and it's delivered right to your door. It's like, yeah, of course, the only reason I'm doing this is because you're giving me like three free meals and it's incredibly cheap and that and they can't make any money that way. They IPO and then, yeah, they pump up the stock the first couple of days and then everybody gets left holding the bag. <laughs> What's I wonder what uh do we have any like hilarious BuzzFeed um quizzes? Can we take a quiz live? Oh, uh, let's let's see. I might can I might can find one. Uh, while I'm looking for that, you want to talk about uh, Vice? The other so you know we had BuzzFeed BuzzFeed go down. What was that? Uh, a little over a week ago, and then. Uh, just this past or here over the past week, yeah, BuzzFeed happened sometime last week. Uh, they went down, and then sometime over this last this week, earlier this week, uh, Vice announced yeah. that it was also about to file Filing for bankruptcy. For, uh, bankruptcy, yeah, and I mean, this is sort of a theme that we've been talking about a lot over the last uh, couple of years, maybe that these these media companies. This is a an antiquated model people are are not really subscribing to this uh this type of media coverage and you kind of have to wonder like these are sort of the canaries in the coal mine the um you know we had uh i, I think fox news has just officially marked it in my humble opinion the death of cable news when they when they got rid of tucker carlson i don't think they will ever be able to recover from that uh, their their ratings have basically been cut in half since uh, since last week when he departed, and they were sort of like the big dog, you know. They were beating out everybody, and now they're losing to like NBC and MS. I don't even know. Well, I don't think they're losing to MSNBC. Nobody loses to them, but uh, these these smaller outlets like Vice and BuzzFeed, I think, are sort of the canary in the coal mine, and um, you know the weakest chains in the link that are that are collapsing now, and then they're going to drag down the the rest of the giants with them. Uh, you want to go ahead and, oh, you're, are you still looking for the clip? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, just two weeks after we reported that Buzzfeed news, which was instrumental in spreading fake news to get us suspended on Twitter. Oh, this is, uh, this is actually Tyler Durden from uh, zero hedge. Okay. I wonder, uh, I wish we could click on that link. Uh, Shuttering, not filing for bankruptcy just yet. Today, New York Times report that in the woke left's disruptor, darling, and former multi-billionaire, multi-billion media empire, Vice, which once upon a time cha charmed giants like Disney and Fox into investing hundreds of millions before its stunning crash landing, is preparing to file for bankruptcy. According to the New York Times, the filing could come in, in the coming weeks, according to three people familiar with the matter who weren't authorized to discuss the potential bankruptcy on the record. Let me scroll down for me a little bit. Yeah, I think when Vice first started, I, I don't know when this was. It was a long time ago, though. They kind of did, like, decent journalism. It wasn't, uh, wasn't Tim Pool part of them? 
I can't remember. Am I remembering I, that right? I know they did. They did used to do some um, kind of heavy hitting type of journalism. Like they actually would would sort of go after uh, stories that were important and try to uh, try to get to the try to get to the heart of what was actually going on and 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 actually report on stuff that like other outlets wouldn't report on. Um, but then, yeah, then then TDS broke their brains collectively and. And they just yeah. went, and then, went into yeah, a tailspin. You, you start going into the, this woke stuff. And I mean, it's it's just amazing to me <clears throat> how many companies are willing to just go down this suicide path. Like, it's not like we haven't seen it already. We've, we've seen it in the, you know, with Netflix, in the movie industry. <clears throat> uh, you've seen it in, in the, you know, this industry. Everybody that takes on this woke stuff like yeah you get some cheap virtue signaling points initially and yeah it was like it i guess maybe it was sort of like a head fake like a judas swing or something when trump was in there you got a bunch of um instant gratification from going woke but now that you know that um that has sort of faded out and you're just left with a bunch of craziness and the wokeness has just gotten exponentially crazier as the, as the years go by. So more and more people are, are um, not subscribing to it. And it, okay. So Sean is telling me that Fox is losing to MSNBC. Like that is just fucking embarrassing. That is embarrassing. In one week you went from the top dog to losing out to MSNBC and Tim pool was at vice. So, at least I got that one right. Uh, can you pull it, pull that article up again? I wanted to skim through that a little more. Yeah, yeah. Let me zoom back in. Sorry, I, <laughs> this uh, this tweet here that was uh, that was put out by the uh, El Salvador president Nayib Bukele. Soros money also ran out. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so they're looking for a buyer. Um, they've been engaged in comprehensive evaluation for strategic alternatives and planning, blah, 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 blah. The company and its board and stakeholders continue to focus on the best path for the company. They began as a punk magazine in Montreal two decades ago. Over the years, it blossomed into a global media company with a movie studio and an ad agency, a glossy show on HBO. What was the show on HBO? I don't know. Um, all right. Yeah. They probably should have sold it for $3 to Disney. <laughs> it, it, you know, you know, what's crazy is also during like this huge bubble, the deals that companies would pass on. And you're just like, wow, what were you fucking thinking? The, the greed and just the blinders that people have on. Like I would have, I would have sold this for $3 billion in a fucking heartbeat to Disney. Um, well, they didn't want to. They didn't want to feel like they were selling out to the the media giant that is Disney and just getting rolled into being ABC Junior. But I mean, that's a, effectively that's what they became. <laughs> they uh, they continued to to go go down the woke TDS route and and became uh, you know that on steroids. So yeah, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. If they'd known that that this was going to be that that was ultimately going to be their downfall. They might have gone ahead and yeah. taken three billion. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback it, but yeah, you just you hear of all of these deals um, 
in, in these massive bubbles that we're thinking. And it's just like when you started Vice back in Montreal 20 years ago, did you ever think you were going to be able to sell it for $3 billion in 2015? Probably not, you know. It happens a lot with um, investors too, uh, re like retail investors in the stock market. I can, uh, I know my, I'll use my sister as an example. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, she, she made a fucking killing on Tesla stock when Tesla went up to like, what was like a thousand dollars a share or something. Right. So she, she took a bunch of her like uh, retirement fund or whatever and bought. Uh, bought some Tesla when it was like, you know, un under $300 a share or something like that. And it, you know, it like quadruples in price. And, and she's sitting on a nice little nest egg there. And she's asking me what she should do. <laughs> you know, she wants to let it ride, of course, because she's like, I'm going to be a fucking millionaire if this keeps going up. And I'm, I'm telling her, I'm like, listen, you know, if when you first made the the purchase, what were your goals? Like, did you have any target, any price target? Like, what were you hoping for? If I had to, if I had told you uh, you were going to make fifty grand in a couple of months, would you been, would you have been over the moon about that? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, uh, take some profits, <laughs> like take some fucking profits. And it's hard to do that when you when you get caught up in that the the um, the psychology of it is really hard to, to deal with when you're investing and, and dealing with things like this. But at a minimum, you should at least take out your initial investment and play with some house money if you want to let that ride. But I would have taken almost all of it, like leave a little bit on there in case you catch another huge run up. Like who knows? Yeah. Tesla goes like $4,000 a share or something. It has an $8 trillion market share. It's like, okay, like crazier things I guess have happened. So yeah, maybe leave a little something on there and catch in case you catch a nice run. But yeah, the prudent thing to do is to uh, take some money off the table. And if I had told Vice back when they started, you could sell this for $3 billion, they would have been ecstatic about that. And then yeah, five or six years after that, that deal never materialized in 2015, 2016. Now they're bankrupt. Good luck finding a fucking $3 billion buyer now. Well, they may not have a three billion dollar buyer, but uh, speaking of speaking of the Soros money, <laughs> Soros and Fortress are set to acquire Vice Media out of bankruptcy for about four hundred million. Yeah, still seems awfully high to me. <laughs> <laughs> How much money does Soros have? What is his net worth? I I have no idea. I mean, all right. Yeah, if they, so, if they um, want to make a big deal out of like, you know, solving world hunger, why don't they ever say anything about George Soros? <laughs> you know, Elon is so terrible for buying Twitter and all this other, uh, you know, the, all the big deal that they make about Jeff Bezos and, and Elon Musk and all of these other like millionaires and billionaires. Why don't they ever talk about George Soros? Is, are they are they just content for him to to effectively be the shadow government that's running everything in the country and making sure that the elections are taken care of the right way. And that, you know, some of the, the WEF bullshit is being pushed across the planet. Like they're, they're content with him to just do that. As long as he's, as long as he's manipulating everything else, he doesn't have, he doesn't have to carry the burden of solving world hunger. Yeah, no, is 
you can be a, a billionaire, you know, um, Bernie Sanders was out, or was it earlier this week saying that billionaires should be illegal. <laughs> and as long as you say the right things and you support the, the left's causes, they don't have a problem with you. Um, but yeah, he does a lot of shady stuff and he's basically the, the equivalent of the, the Koch brothers for for the other side except he does even more fucking shady stuff than they do and like the left the left's hard on for the coke brothers seems to have died down a little bit now that i think about it i haven't heard the coke brothers mentioned in quite some time but they used to just be like oh coke brothers this coke brothers that and uh nothing not a peep about george soros uh the bankruptcy filing so yeah um in 2017, after a funding round from a private equity firm, TPG Group, Vice was valued at $5.7 billion. Around this time, the company realized that for the money to keep flowing, it would have to curb its rebellious ways and quickly turned woke, losing most of its fans in the process. Just in case anyone wonders why Vice went woke, scroll down for me. It's a weird way to... Vice Media gets $250 million in debt funding from George Soros and other investors. And that was in uh, May of 2019. Yeah, dude, uh, the, the cash burn, like, are they bringing in any? How fast can you go through $250 million? I, I mean, how much money did they, how much money did CNN throw at the whole CNN Plus uh, investor, Ooh, yeah. you know, experiment? And, and that completely fizzled out within less than a month. I mean, they they completely scrapped that whole project less than a month. I feel like it was like, yeah, it was like 500 million or something, but they had plans for another tranche of 500. Like they were going to throw a billion dollars at that thing. I'd say it was, yeah, I know it was at least 400 million and probably pushing 500 was what they had spent on that. And I mean, just, you know, just to get it off the ground and get it going and, and to have it run for less than a month before completely scrapping it. I, like these, these, uh, I guess M, like MSNBC and some of the, uh, like the, the really big ones, the, the major network brands, they've at least got like other programming to carry them. Like, you know, the MS, the NBCs, the ABC, CBS, they can have their horrible news programs and they can, you know, NBC can have uh, a flailing MSNBC because it also has, you know, like network television. It has shows that people watch and it has that kind of stuff. And they, they have, uh, have ways to kind of offset that. I vice Buzzfeed, CNN, I, CNN has been, uh, they had the CNN plus failure and then they've had multiple rounds of layoffs. You know, Don Lemon got let go for, I'm sure for varying other reasons, but also because like they have just been laying off people left and right. And CNN is, is like running itself into the gutter and it just keeps running with terrible uh factually incorrect bullshit they had two articles this week so i was uh i was actually looking at a couple of different articles on cnn that i was going to talk about for for like my own show because they ran the articles and then um you know they put like they put the post up on twitter and then the the new twitter uh community notes thing would explain all the reasons why the article was actually wrong and they would delete the post and then repost it again. And so, so that they could keep like 
ducking the community notes. <laughs> like, like they, <laughs> it's like, like yeah, they're some of those to, community notes. They're trying to like get around people calling them on their bullshit and act like this stuff is real. But then the community community notes eventually catches up with them and 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 uh, like gets them for all the factual inaccuracies that they, yeah. that they have in the yeah, it's like if they spent half as much time just being factual than trying to avoid the the fact checking they might come out with a halfway decent article some of those um i have clicked on some of those community notes and like a few of them have been really good i actually rated like the one where it was like about um I think it was about a debt ceiling thing about that, how the U.S. has never defaulted on its debt. And the fact check is like, nope, uh, we've defaulted several times. And then it listed like a bunch of articles like the Mises Institute and like all these other sources. I was like, fuck, man, that's not bad. That's much better fact checking than was going on before, like where it was just like this has been debunked by multiple sources or something. And then you clicked on it and it's just like completely unrelated links. Nothing that was ever actually debunked. Right, and the uh, Twitter Twitter community notes is way better than PolitiFact fact checkers, for, for damn sure. Yeah. Um, forgot what I was gonna say before that. I, Lost there, there have been a couple. There have been a couple uh, humorous community notes. Like you can you can tell the ones that are that are done by more leftist or or left leaning uh, like groups and stuff. I, I don't know if you if you know who Dennis is, but there's a guy on Twitter called Dennis, and Dennis just creates troll accounts left and right. Like I, I, I don't know how many he runs at any given time, but it's got to be at least two dozen. And he'll create like spoof accounts of, uh, of he's the last one he did was Adam Kinzinger, but he's he's also done Dave, uh, David Hogg and a bunch of others. Like he he spoofs everybody, um, and so. So one of them, it had, it had a thing that said, "This is a parody account. This is not actually David Hogg." And blah 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 blah. It's like, yeah, no shit. Like everybody, know, everybody knows what the joke is. It's designed to catch people, like, off guard and and thinking that it's the real thing. Because he'll like change his profile, or he'll put the profile picture as whatever theirs is, and it it very clearly says like in his, um, in his uh, bio like. That it's a parody. So, it, but if you just see the the username and the the picture, you would be tricked into thinking that it's Adam Kinzinger or something saying that he would. Uh, uh, oh, it was Joe Walsh was a really good one where he he said, "I would literally vote for Adolf Hitler over Donald Trump." <laughs> That's a Joe Walsh yeah. spoof, and everybody believed that one like <laughs> in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's it's sort of the equivalent of just reading the headlines of articles, but on Twitter, like nobody does any of their due diligence. They just see it and they're like, okay, I got this. I see the the headline. I don't have to read the article. I see the tweet. I see the name. Checks out. Well, I'm going to roll with it. And uh, yeah, people, people really get fucking embarrassed. Like, especially on fucking Twitter, you got to look into whether or not these are real tweets because there's so many of these fake accounts <laughs> dude and honestly i mean it's getting really we live in such a clown world that it's like sometimes it's really hard to tell whether or not these are real real troll like real accounts or they're just trolling people I, I, 
it's it's hit the point that I assume everything is a parody and it's meant to be humorous, especially the ones from like the uber progressive, like super woke retards, like the stuff that they post. I'm just like, this is the this is the best parody ever. Like you couldn't like like the no comedian could come up with a better a, a better yeah, stick you, than what yeah, these you people can't say actually parody anyway. them they <laughs> It's like we've already parried ourselves. We can't parody ourselves any farther. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh man. Yeah, they've really gone off the fucking deep end. And, and it's just so goddamn funny. And uh yeah. And now they're just hemorrhaging money for for uh jumping on board this insanity train. <sighs> What's uh what else we got today? We have a couple more serious things to talk about. I know that. I was gonna say, speaking of uh, speaking of parody accounts, I actually found I found a video for one of the uh, more serious things we were gonna talk about was actually posted by one of the parody accounts. This is one of my personal favorites, as a matter of fact. Uh, Anne Lesby, PhD. Uh, you can figure out what the name means. This is a parody account says, watch, a reporter calls a white man a good Samaritan after he's seen violently attacking peaceful reparations gatherers at TJ Maxx. And trying to stop two alleged thieves at a TJ Maxx in Miraloma. Dramatic video captured by a customer showing the takedown at the location on Lemonite Avenue. At least two women wearing black hoodies seen trying to walk out with arms full of purses. But when the second one tried to leave, a man jumped in to stop her, tackling her, eventually knocking her to the ground. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. After a brief struggle, the alleged thief was able to get away. It's unclear what merchandise actually was taken. So far, no arrests have been made. What really sucks about that whole situation, like there were a bunch of people that were talking about how uh, like all of the TJ Maxx employees are just standing around not doing anything. Like, you'll literally get fired if you try to do anything. Like having worked in retail at Lowe's and stuff, like it's very, very specifically and clearly in all of the all of the policy and the handbook and, and the rules and you have to do like training classes on it and everything that like if somebody is stealing merchandise, you just let them go. You you try to get you try to, you know, you try to get a description um, if they're, you know, if they're in a car, you try to get a license plate and, you know, make model and be able to ID the car and stuff. But you absolutely do not pursue the you don't pursue. You definitely don't like try to attack them or anything like that. Don't try to stop them. Like it, it fucking sucks. Like you um, because because as an employee, if you grab somebody going out of the store and you punch them in their fucking head like they deserve. Then they could sue. They could sue TJ Maxx and yeah. win a lawsuit because our judicial system is such a crock of shit. Yeah, yeah. The judicial system has done a tremendous job of enabling this sort of behavior because even if you're in the right, the cost of defending yourself in court is going to dwarf whatever they stole. You know, there's just no amount of merchandise that they can take that's going to cover the legal fees involved in just having to deal with the lawsuit. And chances are they would end up settling because they didn't want to have to deal with it. And I, I, people are figuring it out. I mean, they've 
they've re relaxed. That was in California, I think, right? But th they've done this all over in a lot of these um, more liberal cities where it's like you can steal up to $1,000 worth of merchandise and, you know, it's not that big of a deal. We're just going to let it go. It'll be a misdemeanor or something. And it's like, of course, yeah, people are going to start fucking doing this. And then when somebody actually stops them, um, he gets called like he's like, oh, he just wanted an excuse to beat up a black chick or something like that. It's just like, what is wrong with you fucking people, man? I, like there's just I, I, every time that's the first thing they go to is like, oh, no, because he was white and these people were black. He was just looking for an excuse to hit a black woman because, you know, that's how we wake up every morning. It's like, how can I? How can I figure out a way to um, legally punch a, a black chick in the face? And it's like, oh, I'll just go hang out at the TJ Maxx and wait for them to steal something. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, no, dude, these people are fucking ruining society. We, you know, we, we supposedly have this uh, social contract that everybody's so gung ho about, right? It's like where in the social contract you just get to walk into somebody's store and steal a bunch of shit because you don't feel like paying for it. And you think you're entitled to it. Uh, it, it's crazy to me that that people would defend the people that were stealing. Like, oh, they didn't deserve to get fucking thrown to the ground by this guy. Who cares? It's like, it's not his merchandise. It's not his store. It's like, yeah, that's not the point. The point is this behavior is fucking unacceptable. And if we keep letting them do that, it's just going to get worse and more frequent. And yeah, somebody should fucking put these people on their goddamn ass and put a stop to it. I mean, like a lot of these, uh, smaller stores, you know, like the, the family run ones where people are just trying to run in there and grab stuff real quick. Like these people are, are starting to fight back. I know there was a video of this, like, I don't know if he was, he was Korean or it was an Asian shop owner. And this dude hopped the counter and like tried to steal shit. And he just started fucking stabbing this kid. And it was like, dude, uh, and the kid's like, oh, no, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm gonna die. It's like, yeah, maybe uh, maybe you should have thought about that before you hopped the counter and tried to steal some cell phones or whatever the fuck he was going after. Yeah, like, and then there are all these retards in the comments of like, is that boy's life worth more than that merchandise? It's like, obviously, uh, the boy who jumped apparently the he thought so. Yeah, <laughs> he thought so because he was willing to risk it. I mean, there that threat should always be present. Well, there was a there was a guy. It was in 2020, I believe, during the the summer of love. The uh, California, I think it was, I think the threshold was like 992 dollars or 996 dollars. Some some dumbass number. Like it wasn't a round number. It was something like random. But they wouldn't prosecute anybody who stole merchandise worth less than that. So this guy like a, a small shop owner, he said his price, the price for everything was $992.99. And then you would like, if you were actually going to buy something, you would come to the counter and you would get a coupon like for a, you know, a discount code or a discount code yeah. to, to get it down to the normal price. But everything, everything in the price was marked at $992.99. That way, if anybody stole anything, they were, so, so he could yeah, be he could, could be prosecuted. prosecuted yeah that's a great yeah i remember that <laughs> that's a brilliant fucking plan yeah come up to the register i'll give you a rebate uh but yeah if you're just gonna walk out with one of these items you're, you're committing a fucking felony uh yeah it's just it's such an insane way of like organizing society 
where you're just going to keep relaxing the rules and not enforcing things like there is something to be said for like strong enforcement of these little little crimes prevents you know much more serious crimes from happening uh but yeah just the idea that you're just like oh you know it's it's not their merchandise tj mags a big company who cares if you just take a few things it's just like I just don't, first of all, I just don't like that message. I don't give a shit about fucking TJ Maxx's stuff, but I don't like a, a society where it's acceptable for you to just go in, into somebody else's place and start taking shit. Who the fuck are you? It's unbelievable, well, man. Like it, it got, uh, it made some rounds in libertarian Twitter spheres, uh, a few months ago and, and really got people kind of stirred up, but, uh, talking about like how sing I think it's Singapore, where like death penalty for drug dealers and petty like petty theft and stuff like that like if you do this stuff they will fucking kill you they like you're going to be prosecuted and you're you're not going to go to jail you're going to get the death penalty and also they have like incredibly low crime rates because you know when you're when you're being forced away is it worth me being literally killed to steal that purse, you're probably less likely to steal the purse. Uh, like, I think, what, what what was it? Like, uh, spitting gum on the sidewalk is gets you, like, yeah, pain or something? It's like, yeah, you're going to get your hand chopped off or some shit. It's crazy. But, yeah, th those people respond to those incentives. Right? Like, uh, if you know you're about to get publicly flogged, you're probably going to keep your gum in your mouth or put it in the trash can like a civilized human being. It's like, and, and, you know, this, this gets the whole thing of, is it really worth uh, taking somebody's life for them uh, selling marijuana or something like that? It's like, I mean, do you want a rampantly degenerate society or do you want some structure and for people to behave themselves? It's like, no, I don't personally think we ought to be killing drug dealers, but at the same time, they have incredibly low crime rates and don't have to deal with all of the bullshit that you see in, you know, places like Los Angeles or Chicago or, or New York, you know, I mean, speaking of New York, we got the one, the big story from this week where the, uh, the guy yeah. on the subway and, and part of that is he's had 40 priors, 40 priors, most of them for like violent behavior and threatening and had, I'm pretty sure he had stabbed somebody like within the last year. And like they're they're making a big deal out of this guy getting choked to death, but I mean, you kind yeah, of brought it on yeah. yourself. So he's a he's a homeless guy, I guess. He does the occasional Michael Jackson um, impersonation or something like that. But I, I I will tell you, I the last time I was in Chicago, I was I took the train a few times, and you know there were there wasn't somebody like as crazy as, as this at the time, but. I was kind of prepared. I was like, something's going to go down. Like every time I got on the fucking train, I was like, my head was on a fucking swivel. I was very uncomfortable. And you just never like at a minimum, somebody was smoking. Yeah. Weed or a fucking one time. This guy was smoking cigarettes. It's like, dude, just get the fuck out of here or a blunt. And it's just, you're stinking up the whole fucking train car. But yeah, there's always like fucking crazy people and you don't know what they're going to do. Like, you just don't know when, 
you know, when this guy's actually going to fucking make good on some of his threats, apparently, like according to the statements uh, from the, the people on the train and the police reports and everything, he was threatening to do stuff to people. And who knows if he's going to make good on like I've seen videos where they just like walk up to somebody and stab them for no fucking reason. There are multiple and, videos of people on subways where for no reason, somebody that effectively looks exactly like this guy, not trying to, you know, stereotype, but people, somebody who looks exactly like this dude will just walk up to somebody and punch them in the face for no fucking reason other than because they were sitting there and they like snap and decide to do it. And if he's, I mean, if he's been walking up and down the train threatening people, he, he, um, what was it at one point he was quoted as having said, I don't care if I go back to jail. Uh, like, you know, he clearly, the ins or the disincentives that are in place to prevent him from uh, behaving like this are not working. So at that point, like you, you get the, uh, you get the results that you're asking for, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, if, if they didn't do this to him and so like, let's go ahead and just roll the, roll the tape and then we'll talk about it. Because you act like a nigger, B-boy. That's not that's audio not. from the actual thing, right? I think it is. That's. I mean, that was. I hadn't. I don't remember. I hadn't listened to it. I, I don't just know if I listened it. to it with the sound on before. Yeah. Yeah, I just watched it because it's the. But I mean, there's there's literally three people trying to restrain him, and he keeps he keeps fighting them the whole time. Like, yeah, you know, okay, does this guy deserve to die for threatening people on a train? I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. But I mean, it's when it's yeah when there's three people who are like fighting with him to keep him down and keep him restrained. Like, yeah, I, you know, that's your, your well, outcome's these, probably not going to be real good. And these are three New Yorkers. So, I mean, New Yorkers, I think that ride the train regularly are pretty used to a lot of crazy shit going down. Uh, if they, I feel like if they felt the need that we need to fucking restrain this guy, um, he must've been doing something pretty fucking, uh, pretty extreme. I, I don't know, because a lot of times people just avoid the, you know, you just put your fucking head down and hope that nothing, you know, nothing serious happens. But yeah, it's like, it's, I was a little surprised that like choking some, I thought it was like really hard to fucking choke somebody to death. You know, it takes a long time. Um, so I, I was surprised that he died from this. And uh, apparently the uh, medical examiner said it was like from like a crushed windpipe or something like that. But the guy who had him in the chokehold was a Marine. Yeah. Or a former Marine. So, so he, right. he might have and a so, little bit of uh, training on that sort of thing. Right. And I, I mean, I'm just not going to lose sleep over this. I, like, yeah, I, I prefer that he didn't die for, for what happened, but you know, you play stupid games, you win stupid fucking prizes. And, the, you know, this idea that like he's okay going back to prison or something like that, the, oh, then this whole system has just failed. Like, this whole system that the left is going crazy. Like, this was murder, and they need they want this guy arrested and everything like that. Um, You know, 
I, it certainly wasn't like premeditated murder or anything like that. So uh, maybe you could make a manslaughter case or something. But uh, this this idea that you know the left wants this system and oh, we need to invest in um, you know healthcare and mental you know mental health for these people. And it's like, dude, you guys have had this huge fucking government system. And this guy's been in and out of fucking prison like 40 fucking times, 44 times, was it? And he's just, he's not a good guy. And they always, they always pick these fucking, um, <laughs> these martyrs that are just like, dude, he's, a, he's just, why would you go to bat for this guy? He's a fucking crazy person threatening people on a train who's well, had I mean, multiple. This is, yeah, this is him at another incident in the subway where he just like, throws a woman into the side of the train like that's him yeah that's him and yeah there's other i mean i don't know if he's done this in the past but there's other videos of of people just being shoved in front of trains on the platform and it's just like you know what i'm sorry like if this guy has to fucking die for people to make a point like we're not gonna put up with this shit anymore um, I'm on the I'm on the jury. I don't fucking convict this guy. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's unfortunate that that he died, but man, I'm not losing any sleep over this one. It, it's enough of this shit already. Uh, you, you know, the amount of fucking taxes that people are paying in order to fucking ride these trains and shit. You should be able. You should feel fucking moderately safe riding from point A to point B and not have to worry about whether or not this guy's going to make good on some of his fucking crazy threats. Well, I'm sorry. There's just, go ahead. Yeah, and like this, so a lot of the, the early coverage of it, uh, exclusively zoomed in on the, the Marine, the white Marine who had him in the chokehold and was saying that he got lynched and then, and that he was, uh, that he was begging for food and telling people that he was, starving and hungry and blah 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 and that he was attacked for no reason and then all of the actual footage starts coming out and they just ignore all of that like they they won't talk about any of the fact that he was violently threatening people said he doesn't care if he goes to jail he doesn't care if he dies like all this crazy shit actually like actually being uh like aggressive towards other passengers and stuff before three people one of them white, one of them black, and the other looked like he was Hispanic. Like, hold him down and try to restrain him, and end up, uh, end up choking him to death. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Are we are we just supposed to sit here and let the fucking crazy people do whatever they want? What, what like what's the plan here? Uh, you can say, oh well, we need to invest in mental health, and everybody should have access to mental health care and blah, 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 blah. That's easy to fucking say. Um, I don't understand how you implement that and you get this guy the help that he needs. I, I mean, we have a million fucking government programs. They've spent fucking trillions of dollars on this shit. And the problem just keeps getting worse and worse. And loosening the, the standards that we hold people to in society is clearly not uh, working out. From the TJ Maxx shit to the Walgreens robberies, and you see what happens when you when you uh, when you have these lax standards. If you hold people accountable for their fucking actions and you hold them to a certain standard, the you know maybe not the Singapore standard, but somewhere in between, perhaps. Uh, yeah, you get a lot less of this of these kind of fucking shenanigans. 
But yeah, you're on this fucking train car. This guy's walking. You don't know what he's got. You don't know if he's got a knife or something. You're just supposed to wait until he actually stabs somebody, and then you can try to choke him out. I, I don't know what you're supposed to do here. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm surprised that they actually killed him. Um. But again, yeah, it's it's sad, but it it's not that big of a fucking tragedy. I mean, we got plenty of people in this world. We don't need a lot of fucking got like crazy homeless people throwing people around in train cars. Like it's not like he deliberately killed the guy, right? Like he was, I don't think he, so. I mean, if they really the, wanted the to mess the him up, they'd be throwing punches and kicking the shit out of him. You know, they were trying to restrain him. Right. Uh, it went South, but it's like, yeah, if I wanted to kill this guy, I'm really going to fucking like, you know, with three people, you'd, you'd think they'd be dropping, you know, elbows on them and kicking them and stomping them and everything like that. Um, I didn't see that in any of the in any of the videos. And like I said, I don't know how else you're supposed to really restrain somebody. We well, all just start carrying around handcuffs, start cuffing I mean, he's people. Fighting, he's fighting them tooth and nail the whole time. Like he is um, there. So there's a longer clip that takes it all the way out to the to the point that like his legs stop moving, but literally the whole time there's at least two people holding him and he's like kicking like hard, trying to get, trying to get up, trying, like trying to get free. And I, I understand like he's being choked, but at the same time, like as the, as the guy who's trying to restrain him, like how do you differentiate between this dude is fucking crazed and, you know, threatening people and trying to be violent and this dude's just like struggling because he's choking to death. Like, like, you know, if the guy had not been fighting three people off like tooth and nail from the very beginning and had like chilled the fuck out, they might have might have relaxed on him. But I mean, he was he was obviously like he was trying to get away because he wanted to do harm to people. Yeah, and oh well, he was just having an episode and a mental health breakdown, and it's like, well, okay, but that doesn't that doesn't just mean I have to sit back and bend over for him. He had 40, <laughs> 40 priors, forty. If he actually needed mental health, like they say, they had every fucking opportunity in the world. Forty priors. They. Yeah. He has he has been on the radar. He has been in custody. He has like if they knew that there was something wrong with him, why didn't they do anything to get him help? Like, yeah. it's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's the fucking government. They're like, I don't understand why they think with all of the resources they have, especially like New York. Like, what's New York's fucking budget for all this stuff? But all of the resources government has thrown at these types of problems, and it. Somebody like this, this is not uncommon that somebody with a fucking, you know, a laundry list of priors is out, is out and about causing fucking problems. So how in what world do you think, oh, we just need some more of the government to, to fix this? I mean, how much more is it going to take? I, I, give me a dollar amount. Because, like, this is getting insane. Oh, we need better re reach uh, mental health uh, resources and outreach and blah, 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 blah. It's like, I, I think we tried that. And, you know, they they don't seem to be responding to it very well. 
And so I don't think. Gonna, what are you going to do with more resources for all that? You don't enforce any of the things that you're currently supposedly yeah. using your resources for. Like we're, we're supposed to believe <laughs> right, that you're yeah, suddenly like, going to start. All right. It's like, okay, well, if we, if we put this money towards this other thing, then they'll actually start, you, you know, doing that. They just come up with yeah. more bullshit no. excuses for why they're not going to do it because it's racist or because yeah. it's uh you know, it's a attack or it's a war on, on the poor or something like that. Yeah. And if it, dude, I'm telling you, if this was a fucking white guy, crazy homeless guy on the train doing the exact same thing, my perspective would be 100% the same. Don't need them. We don't need these kind of people in society. Does that mean you, you get to kill them? No. But man, I don't know what I don't know how else you're supposed to handle this when you're locked in a fucking train car with a fucking lunatic who you don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I, you know, I, like, obviously, I don't think uh, you have the right to just start fucking like beating the shit out of them. But trying to physically restrain them, I, I think, is reasonable. And yeah, if it, I guess there's always the risk that they could, you know, somebody could die in this altercation. Um, I don't know how you get around that. I, I don't think that prosecuting the people that stepped in to sort of protect everybody else on the train from this lunatic is the right way to go. Because if I was on the train, I'd much rather have uh, this guy being subdued and die than anybody else that's just sitting there minding their own business. And this guy could have fucking stabbed him. He could have done, you know, who knows what he would have done to him. Right. I mean, when you're in that situation, you, you don't know. It's like the uh, the boy that shot the uh, the would be mass shooter at that uh, mall in Indianapolis. Like, you know, at at that point, and there were people that were saying like that the um, that he shouldn't have shot him like that because he he hadn't actually done anything at that point. It's like, um, OK, so like what's the what's the threshold? Like how many people does he need to shoot before it's OK for you to shoot him? Like how many TV, how many people does this guy need to throw into trains and threaten? And actually, I'm pretty I'm, I'm almost positive this dude had a conviction for stabbing somebody and was let go um, because he was homeless. And because that would be wrong to put a homeless man at jail or some ridiculous bullshit. Like how many times does he have to do it before it's finally like, OK, this is like this is the. We've crossed the the line of enough. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know we and they have those three strike rules, which I don't I don't like what's become of those, but I do understand the the thought process behind it. It's like, dude, you are not fucking, you're not a productive member of society, and you keep doing this shit, and it's it's enough already. Like, I don't understand how you could have you'd be arrested 40 times and you're still just out wandering the streets. There has to be something that you okay, put them in a fucking mental asylum. I don't care. As long as it's got fucking big walls around it with barbed wire. It's like, okay, fine. But you just can't have these people. If you're gonna have a society, um, a functioning society, you can't just let fucking crazy people go crazy on the rest of the normal society you know i think i've got something fun for us to wrap on um okay it's a potential it's a potential societally beneficial purpose for those for those people who are otherwise not contributing to society 
since uh, since the well, U.S. Wait, is before we before we get into that, let me just make one more uh, quick point, just about uh, <laughs> research on monkeys. Uh, just about like you were saying, like how long do we have to wait until you know you subdue an attacker? You know, like even just if we're going to go by the non-aggression principle, uh, it's an imminent threat. You know, it's like if somebody walks up to you and they're like, I'm going to fucking punch you in the face and they've got they're making a fist like you don't have to wait for them to hit you in order to defend yourself. You can feel free to take them at their word that that's what they're going to do. If they're like calling you on the phone or something, be like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you. It's like, oh, well, OK, what's well, you can't really do anything in that situation. But when. You don't have to wait and be hit or something in order to defend yourself. You can be proactive when the threat is imminent. And all indications are that this guy was making imminent threats on a number of people in this train car. So, yeah, sorry. I'm not sorry. I mean, and that's like if, you know, if somebody's been calling you or texting you and telling you that they're going to that they're going to kill you or they're going to do whatever, you know, at that point, they're they're not an actual threat. If they show up at your house. Right. After making the, after making the threats, they show up in person, feel free to defend yourself. Cause yeah, then it's become a, an imminent thing and you don't, they're like, Oh, well, I wasn't going to do anything. I was just going to say, well, how am I supposed to know that you've already made the threats and now it looks like you've come to make good on those threats. I don't have to fucking sit around and risk my life, um, in order to, uh, I don't know placate you or something anyway what's uh what's going on with this monkey shit monkey business well you know a, a potential use for the uh the otherwise societally non-productive oh, you want you want to run tests on them <laughs> uh the u.s is running out of research monkey <laughs> the a sort a shortage threatens the nation's ability to respond to public health disasters scientists say so, I mean, remember, it's it hasn't been that long ago where there was a like a, a a truck or something that had a bunch of like test monkeys that crashed and they all got loose in Florida. And then there was another one where that happened in like Pennsylvania or something like maybe if they quit wrecking these fucking trucks and letting the monkeys all like run free to spread whatever diseases they're testing on them across society, they wouldn't be running out of monkeys. Or maybe if they stop testing, you know, certain uh, shots on these things and causing their hearts to explode, they might not be running as, as short on them either. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> start a government program where you offer uh, free room and board to crazy homeless people if you allow us to test, run some tests on you. <laughs> what could go wrong with that? Like, hey, oh, you man. can be at the front of the line for the for some cutting edge vaccination technology. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that all of this stuff is uh, working properly. You can be the very first to not have to worry about getting some random disease that we haven't released on the population yet. Yeah, I, dude. I mean, <laughs> if I was like really, really homeless and destitute, I might consider signing up for some of these trials. If the if the pay was decent, I don't know. But, but yeah, just rounding them up and running tests on them, that doesn't seem very nice. There Maybe are that a lot of uh, Maybe that's the threat instead of imprisonment. It's like, listen, you keep causing fucking problems on the train. 
we're going to start running tests on you. <laughs> there are actually like voluntary human trials where you can, uh, like you can sign up to test different stuff and, uh, and get paid pretty well for it. I, uh, they, they usually have an, a number of, uh, like different, uh, specifications that you have to meet and stuff. Like I, I had, I had actually signed up for one once and they did like a uh, blood test and stuff. And, uh, apparently I drank too much. And, uh, so that disqualified me from the, from being able to do the, to participate in the, the trial. I can't remember what it was for. It was something pretty, uh, something pretty mundane, but my, uh, my, uh, there were some indicators in my blood that, that showed that I, that I drink too frequently to qualify for the test. Like, how, how frequently is too frequently? <laughs> right. That's what I'm asking. Like, I only have like one drink a night. It's not like I'm getting drunk every day. But. Oh man, yeah, I would definitely uh, not qualify for that. <laughs> My wife says I mix them too strong, but I, I think that she's just a lightweight. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, God damn it! I'm really disappointed in myself because I forgot something on the last show, and as soon as we wrapped, I remembered it, and I told you what it was off air. And of course, I've forgotten again. And it was something really funny, I thought. But now I, there's no chance of me remembering it again. It's from like three days ago. <laughs> you can't tell Son me shit when I'm. You can't tell me shit when I'm working. I don't sleep enough as it is. Then I'm definitely not remembering anything. Yeah. I tell my wife. Like, what do you got going on this weekend? Um, very Any little actually. I'm, I'm actually working. I'm actually working some overtime this weekend and, and making a little extra money and uh, because I'm an idiot and a glutton for punishment, I, I volunteered to, to work a couple of my days off and cover for the opposite shift guy who's going on vacation this weekend. So, yeah. Well, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun at all. It's an extra 500 bucks. So, you know, 500 bucks well, is 500 go. bucks. Well, it used to be. Now it's... <laughs> What can you buy with 500 these days? It is fucking crazy, man. Yeah. A couple of rounds for, you could buy, uh, I, when I was in Chicago, I bought a round of drinks for like me and four other people. And it was like a hundred bucks, a little over a hundred. Yeah. And not like, you know, some fan, super fancy place, not like a, a shithole dive bar either, but just like an average, you know, average bar, hundred bucks plus tip. It's like, wow. All right. Get me out of this fucking country. <laughs> that shit's nuts. That's that's why you got to move to uh, real rural areas where they they don't they don't charge you quite as much. Yeah, or uh, somewhere in Mexico. Yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, if um, we, yeah. If we've learned nothing right else from all of these videos of people getting beat up on subways, like get the fuck out of places with subways. <laughs> Leave cities. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, everybody in Chicago needs to get out of there immediately. I, I don't see any hope for that city. Um, New York, I mean, I, I haven't been to New York in ages, so from what I see, it doesn't look too great. Uh, L.A. going down the fucking tubes. All of these major cities are just really, really uh, floundering. It's, it's sad, but, you know... <laughs> you're not going to fucking turn it around by voting for more of the same shit that, that got you, uh, 
got you to this point in the first place doubling down on failed policies we just need to make them bigger it's it's uh it's kind of like the the retarded ipo process it's like oh, well this company is failing on a small level let's uh let's throw some more money at it and see if we can make it fail on a larger scale <laughs> just like yeah no, this is this didn't work the last uh this experiment the last 20 years or so not not working maybe we should uh course correct here and not just uh, throw up another sale so we can go faster in the same direction sean i highly recommend staying off the subway or at the very least stay strapped <laughs> yeah uh oh well i do think you should go to new york city to watch uh, robbie the fire absolutely check that out i was a little disappointed i couldn't make the chicago show this past weekend i think but sounds like it went well funny guy that rob Robbie the Fire and uh, Dave Smith. Of course, Sean's not a big Dave Smith fan, so um, he might he's skip the there. might skip Dave's Dave set and just listen to Robbie. <laughs> he's just there for Robbie. Um, anyway, I don't know. Uh, I don't have much. I'm gonna have a barbecue at my place tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. Should be fun. Love a good backyard barbecue. Nothing better. Um. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So um, I'll be putting out a Substack article later this afternoon for all you fine folks. So do that. Follow us on Twitter. You can see our handles there at Pedal Fiction at JCamp1521. Become a supporting listener in the show if you want to become a part of the uh, Friday Night Happy Hours, which I, I don't think we're going to do one tonight. Not feeling it. Did you put the poll up in the Facebook group? Yes, I did. And the last did time I looked at it? it, the last time I looked at it, Thursday was winning. Thursday. All right. I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, I, I think Fridays are maybe not the best day for people. Let's see. Um, so I posted two days ago. It had four votes for Thursday and one vote for Friday. So if you're a participant in the happy hour and you have, and there's zero votes for Saturday. So if you're a participant in the Facebook group or the happy hours, go vote. So we know what you're, in fact, I'll, yeah. even, I'll even pin the, vote. I'll even pin the poll to the top of the, uh, oh, to yeah, the top of that. the page. Yeah, that way it's right there for you. Go vote. Let us yeah, know what they do. The vote hour. campaign. Our democracy depends on it. <laughs> But ultimately, it will be my decision. I'll just take your vote into account. <laughs> like, like real democracy. <laughs> yes, it's all an illusion. I will let you think that your vote matters, but it's really just going to be whatever the fuck I decide. But yeah, go vote. It matters. And uh, do all that for will us. definitely be taken into consideration. Absolutely. Right before I ignore it. Do all that for us, and we will be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.